Welcome to I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast sponsored by Cater.com and the Savoy Educational Trust and hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. Today we're once again talking about mindset versus experience and joining me to offer up their thoughts on this topic, we have Christopher White, AIH, Simon Coulson, MIH and Peter Hancock, FIH. As always, a huge thank you to all three of them for giving up their time and opinion. So to find out if having a mature mindset can achieve the same results as experience, let's get to it. Hello and welcome to the next episode of I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH, and sponsored by Caterer.com and the Savoy Educational Trust. Today, we're trying something we haven't done before, which is to take a previously discussed subject, but with three more awesome humans from within the IOH membership, and see what gems we can uncover this time. So a huge thank you to you all for giving up your time to chat to me today, as always. So first up, from within the fellowship, we have the public speaking legend that is Peter Hancock. Peter, welcome to the show. Thank you, Phil. Morning to you. How are you? I'm fine. Very well, thank you. Good, good, good. Where where in the world are you today? I'm at my home in Wiltshire, in between engagements, as they say in the theatre, um, and very happy to be here. <laughs> well, you're a thesp now. You. <laughs> well, I did amateur dramatics for a little while, actually. So these right. things are all related. But um, I used to run something called Pride of Britain Hotels for 21 years, but I retired from that late last year. And um, what I was doing on the side has now become my main role, really, which is um, acting as a rent gob and hosting conferences and awards dinners <laughs> and things like that. Fantastic. Yeah, well, I, I've realised I was doing you a bit of a disservice uh, uh, by just calling you a public speaking legend. You are, of course, that. But there's obviously a hell of a lot more to your career than that, uh, as you've alluded to there with your, your time at Pride of Britain. Yeah, well, I hope so. And of course, before that, I had 12 years with Johansson's Guides. Um, and prior to that, I spent some years as manager of various hotels and restaurants in Hampshire and Sussex. And perhaps relevant to this conversation that we're having today, my first managerial role uh, was at the age of 21. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, very relevant. We'll perhaps come back and uh, circle round to that because we, uh, yeah, well, that's kind of what we're talking about today. So, no, thank you very much, Peter. Much appreciate you being here to chat to us today. Next up from within the MIH ranks, we have Simon Coulson, who is the HR director at the rather stunning Cafe Royal in London. Welcome, Simon. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. How's how's things in, in your world? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, we have an interesting few days ahead of us. Obviously, we're smack bang in the middle of London and there are a lot of people around and lots of arrangements to be made for the funeral of uh, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II on Monday. Yeah, but we're, we are, we're in a good place. We're, we're, we're happy and we are moving forward. Yes, no doubt. And I, uh, I'm, I for one, am massively excited about the arrival of Alex Dilling in your midst. Yes, he's here. He's, uh, he's in situ. We had some uh, teething problems, as we always do, with, with new restaurant openings, um, mostly sort of logistical. It turned to getting, uh, he had a specially designed kitchen flown in from Italy, which got stuck at wow. uh, Dover for a few for a few days but it's all in right. um he's up and running and um, and so far the feedback has been uh, has been excellent and it's a, a very welcome addition to our culinary offering 
Yeah, well, he's just a gem of a guy. I I um was lucky enough to interview him uh, in the first year of Hospitality Meets, and um, he told me his story. And yeah, he's just a he's just a, a hospitality guy, isn't he? He, and he is. Clearly he is. knows his way around the kitchen. Absolutely. And as you say, uh, apart from being a genius uh, in the kitchen, he's a really nice bloke. He's yeah. just a nice guy. He's easy to get along with. And yeah, perhaps uh, his story is is a little bit relevant to to our topic of of, of conversation today. He was, uh, you know, he wasn't that old, if you like, uh, when he got his first Michelin stars. And um, but but I think this has been a bit of a journey for him, as it has been for us. Yeah, fantastic. No, it's exciting times for for sure. And I, for one, will be in to sample at some point, no doubt. Great. Well, and finally, from within our associate members and all the way from Canada, we have Christopher White. Christopher, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Phil. It's a great honour. You are very, very welcome. And we owe you the biggest thanks because we're recording this at 10 o'clock in the morning UK time, but that's two o'clock in the morning your time. So thank you so much for your commitment to this. My pleasure, Phil. How are you anyway? I am very well. Thanks for asking. Yes. And I am a houseman at the Western Bear Mountain in Victoria, BC, Canada. Fantastic. So that's uh, that's West Coast Canada. It is correct. Yes. Yes. Are you in the wilderness? Uh, there is wilderness up there and uh, we do have bears, deer, and it's uh, just a beautiful setting with a lush uh golf course around the hotel fabulous i'll be right over oh please come (laughs) great stuff okay fabulous well thank you so much as i say for for making time for us today and thank you to you all for that i'll come back to you peter before we get into the subject today we always like to find out why people are with the ioh and why they are members so why did you say i'm in to the ioh for entirely selfish reasons, Phil. I wanted to be taken seriously as a player among hoteliers. And of course, for all those years publishing guides and then running a marketing consortium, I was, in a sense, a parasite. And I, and I think having <laughs> letters after your name, like we have in the Institute, do, I think, give you some credibility. And they open doors and, and they allow people to speak to you as if you're one of them. So I'll be completely honest, that that was my main motivation. And I suppose the other thing that's come from it is all the networking opportunities, the dinners and the various events that I've attended, thanks to the Institute. And I've met so many people through that who've been useful to my career. And I would like to think I've been given the opportunity to be helpful to one or two other people along the way. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I think it just shows you you're kind of committed to the industry, right? And it shows that you care. Yes, and it's a, it's a mark of professionalism, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Great. And same question to you, Simon. Why did you say I'm in to the Institute? I think one of the things I've learned over the years is that, that networking with, with your peers is incredibly important for not, not just for, for, for career, but also to, for the exchange of ideas. And, you know, we have our challenges in this industry and that have been around for a long time. And we have some new challenges now that have cropped up in the last couple of years. And I think part of uh, being successful is, is to share ideas with, with like-minded people, but also sometimes just to understand that we're all in the same boat. 
we all have the same challenges. And in many ways, in order for the industry to be successful, individual businesses and hotels and restaurants and so forth have got to work together. Yeah, I could not agree more. And actually, the the point you make around challenges, I mean, challenges are always going to be there, aren't they? I mean, they're, and this kind of comes again back into the subject that we're going to talk about today. But you never know what's around the corner. With the best forecasting in the world, you can never anticipate what's coming. So you've kind of got to be ready. Um, and I think collectively, as an industry, I've it feels to me like we've never been more united than we are now. Yes, I, I, I agree. And I think there's a, lot, there's a lot going on that has made use of that sort of hive mind. For example, there is a project I'm involved in at the moment, which is with Westminster Council. Um, it's funded by central government, but is specifically to do with supporting all types of businesses in the city of Westminster in attracting new, new, new staff members, new employees, and, and how we can work together collectively to make working in hospitality in central London attractive to a, a new generation. Absolutely. And well done for getting hive mind in, by the way. I, um, that was a, a, a term I hadn't heard until I watched Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> but there we are. That's great. And we has uh, seemed to, just at the right moment, we've lost Christopher. But uh, perhaps we can come back to the, the question of why he said I'm in, um, if he's able to make it back on the call. So I think without further ado, we'll, uh, we'll just get stuck into it. So today's topic is all about maturity or having a mature mindset versus experience. And we did discuss this back in episode 10. It's something that has intrigued me for a number of years, and that's really centered around can having a mature mindset achieve the same results as experience? And I think you've kind of probably got to define what a mature, what I mean by a mature mindset to, to kick things off. And Peter and I were talking about this before we turned microphones on and, and things like that. And it really is a, around the concept of can somebody come into a situation with no experience, but with the right attitude kind of come up with almost the same results or better results or worse results. And that's really what I just want to explore today. So I'll open this just to, to anybody who wants to come in. What are your kind of overall thoughts on on that, just as a really general opener? Well, I think the first thing I would say is that maturity has got nothing to do with age. Yep. Maturity is, you know, it's not to do with leaving something for a long time and, and letting it get older and the concept of getting older and being better is irrelevant, I think. I think especially in our industry more than anything and more than anything else. One of the things I've always loved about hospitality is that it, it, it's a true meritocracy. You know, you're, you can, it uh, doesn't matter where you're from or how old you are or, you know, what you like or don't like. You, you, if, you're, if you're committed and, and have the right attitude, which, which comes down to taking responsibility, but also loving to serve people and yeah. to, to create those experiences and taking pride in knowing that, you know, you've made someone's wedding or, or whatever it may be. But, uh, but, but yes, in short, I think maturity comes down to your approach to your work and has got nothing to do with your date of birth. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's kind of that if you're, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, is that the saying? It's a sports saying. Yeah. Is it the so. other way around? Yeah. Yeah, I always remember people talking about that in footballing terms, like, you know, when 
there was this famous Man United side where uh, Alan Hansen said, you, you never win anything with kids. <laughs> but they did. And, you know, and clearly that was a lot down to, of course, they had talent. But I think critically, the most important thing in that whole thing was is that they, they just had this thirst to get better. They just wanted to con- continue to get better. And I say that begrudgingly as a Liverpool fan, but uh, I do look at that era as, as a kind of, it was probably the first time that I began to think about, actually, if you control your attitude towards something, the kind of the world's your oyster, really. Peter, what, what are your well, I'm, thoughts? Yes, I'm, I'm sitting here agreeing with everything I hear both of you say. And to that, I would add, I suppose, if you're putting somebody who is young and relatively inexperienced into a managerial position, which is what happened to me just by chance a long time ago, I think what those who are reporting to that person are looking for is mature behaviour. In other words, um, you know, a degree of predictability, somebody who is who's constant, who's reliable, who's trustworthy, who's courteous, the things you normally associate with somebody who is quotes mature Uh, but of course there's nothing to stop you at a very young age having those qualities and displaying that way of working yeah absolutely and christopher i think you're you're back yes (laughs) excellent yes Uh, yeah it was just a general opening question that i uh, i made around what are your 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 general thoughts on um this concept of having a mature mindset can get you the same results or sometimes better results than than your experience yes mindset is the new kind of lingo that people are discussing these days and experience and maturity kind of go hand in hand uh an employer is looking for someone who has experience and also great mindset of completing that task or in the department you're going into so hand in hand they go together. Absolutely. And actually, from I took some points from the previous discussion that I had on this topic, and somebody came up with the concept of that sometimes you need to have the experience in order to inform your reaction and in, in, in order to have a kind of mature response to something, which I thought was a, a really good point. But is it essential? I mean, let's take, I hate to bring this up again, but the pandemic is an example. Nobody kind of knew what to do with that. That was a, a, a really on-the-fly moment for everybody, uh, not just within hospitality, kind of a, around the world and every sector and all of these sorts of things. So you kind of, in, in a moment like that, you have to rely on your ability to react to something. What are your thoughts on, on that, Simon? Yeah, I think that maturity, experience informs maturity and maturity informs experience I I agree with Christopher that the the, the two things go hand in hand but you have to start from a point of of having the right attitude towards whatever is in front of you and you're right you know we we went from oh there's this thing you know kind of virus thing that's happening in Europe to we're, we're shutting in the space of two or three weeks and and from our perspective really it was about supporting our people and what was incredible was how just kind of understanding everybody was that situation was out of our control and the the maturity with which people approached that and I found that on the whole the decisions that we made some of them which were very challenging decisions were received 
in in the spirit they were intended, which is listen, we we've got to band together to get through this, and that's going to mean that we all make some sacrifices. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and then I suppose demonstrating the point as well is that they're they had a mature response to that. You know, a kind of what choice did you have in that moment? I suppose. Yeah, and I, and I think that the mature response, if you like, was or is in those situations when you're faced with a crisis, is how you respond. And rather than, you know, sitting around moping and feeling sorry for yourself, and we all have those moments from time to time, was more kind of figuring out, you know, how how are we going to get through this? You know, furlough and people taking reduced pay and and, and all sorts of things. Um, my cousin, in fact, runs a couple of restaurants and, and that's his living and, and that all shut down. And, and um, you know, but his response to it was, you know, what, what I need to, you know, I need to pay the mortgage and put food on the table. What can I do? And he went off to, to work in a warehouse for Ocado for a few months. Yeah, well, which is, in itself is a wonderfully excellent response, isn't it? Really, it's it's about dealing with the problem in front of you. And rather than letting it defeat you is find a way around it. Yeah, but it's OK. You know, it's it's OK to have those moments of doubt and fear and absolutely uh, and and, to, and maybe to take a little bit of time to, to kind of come to terms with the fact that, you know, we are facing a crisis. But the the important thing is, what are you going to what are we going to do about it and how are we yeah. going to get through it together? Yeah, absolutely. Peter, I think you were going to say something. Sorry, I was going to jump in simply to say that in a situation like this, no amount of experience can prepare you because you're you're dealing with the unprecedented. And so it's it's down to attitude, isn't it? And in conversations with general managers, which I've had so many of over the years, more and more are saying that um, with the difficulty of recruiting staff, they're casting the net wider and they're tending to recruit on attitude and personality and worrying about training after they've appointed people. In other words, experience you know, is, is harder to find people with the right experience. And so they're almost putting that to one side and recruiting people who've got the personality and the attitude to get the job done. And then they will acquire the experience once they've started. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think there's there's definitely there's again, this was something we were discussing before around the fact if, if you take a, a highly skilled role like a, a chef, where you know if you're going to become an Alex Stilling, as we were talking about earlier, you know there's no way in the world you just walk into the kitchen on day one and become Alex Stilling. You know there, there's a whole process behind the 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 quantity of hours that you need to become skillful in everything that you do with precision and timing and technique and um, and all of these things. You know with a good attitude, you can become that. But you can't walk in on day one and become that. So there's that situation. And then there's also the, the flip side situation whereby a lot of roles in within hospitality really rely on the personality of the individual. So we need to, as you've just kind of highlighted, I, I suppose, and especially if we find ourselves in the midst of a, a situation whereby we're, we're struggling as an industry to find enough people to fill jobs we've got to get creative so let's look at the people who just exhibit the the right attitude the right personality and let's fill in the blanks everywhere else yeah it comes back to what is a little bit of a cliche which is that you can't train 
and I hate the expression, but you can't train soft skills. You know that yeah. the 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 ability to to you know, to be to be likable. I mean, when when I interview people, the first thing I ask myself is, are my guests going to like this person? Are they going to get on with guests? And 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 I think the other thing that has just come to mind from what you said about maturity is that maturity as a mindset also means the ability to cope with change. Yeah, totally. And to approach that in the right way and and sometimes it's small changes you know like uh, restructuring a department and sometimes it's big changes like along the lines of the world has just shut down yeah and and those with that mature mindset you know understand perhaps that the changes is is inevitable but you know are, are keen i suppose to 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 get on board and 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 contribute to that rather than stand against it absolutely Christopher, what, what's your view on on this from uh, from the other side of the pond? I, I appreciate we're uh, we're to- well, actually, you're the other side of the pond, and then a massive landmass as That's well right. to, to to get to where you are. Yeah, anything to to kind of add to that? I agree with Simon. the The point that he talked about um, with kind of the mindset and maturity of Looking at the um, the guests, uh, what person do you want to take care of the guests? Uh, might it be um, someone who is experienced or has the key points you're looking for? And I've seen it in the industry where I've worked before at Fairmont Empress, Delta, Marriott, and they want key people, um, obviously, when they hire and as we talked about the pandemic, the challenges that were around that um, and then coming out of the pandemic uh, with um, kind of focusing on changes. Uh, you have your senior staff that have been in the hotel for 30 years, 40 years. Those are the people who don't like change. Right, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's it's hard to kind of change their mindset to new protocols and uh, ways of doing things. That's a, a really interesting perspective, actually. And I, I hadn't given much consideration to to the fact that here I am sort of talking about a, a subject matter, which is just really, I suppose, to I suppose show a way for people coming into the industry that actually, if you control your attitudes, you, you can go far. But actually... It doesn't really matter what time you come in. There, you still have to control your attitude to stuff. And you know, if if change is necessary, then you've got to have the right mindset towards being open to that. Could I say something uh, to stick up for the old uh, in this conversation? Because <laughs> uh, I think uh, Chris is quite right. You know, the uh, the more uh, more senior and long uh, long established members of staff may over time become more and more resistant to change. I think that's probably quite right. But there is a fixation, I think, in our trade of looking for youth uh, and young people and training them up, you know, let's get the next generation in and so on, understand all of that. But uh, I think at the same time, one is overlooking a, a, a pool of talent that's there among people who are perhaps over 50, who may not have worked in hospitality all their working lives, but they have dealt with people. 
they might have been in retail or in some other business. And those people, if they've got the right attitude and personality, could be huge assets to hotels and restaurants if they chose to come into them. So I think lack of experience in this industry, it obviously applies to somebody who's never worked, but it equally applies to somebody who might have a a wealth of experience working in some other area who could become an asset to your business. Yeah, I think it's a a really valid point. And I I remember doing a a roundtable on this very subject maybe about five years or so ago, and that was something that that we I, I still think as an industry is an it is an untapped talent pool for us, or maybe we're beginning to tap it a little bit. But if you contemplate the life experience of somebody that then you know, bolt on uh, a, a good attitude towards work and a good attitude towards your colleagues and a good attitude towards anything and everything that comes into you, then again we're in a situation whereby the age of the individual does not matter. Yes. in any any way, shape or form. It's all about the individual. Yes. And isn't this partly cultural, Phil? We we look we look at ourselves as a failure if we're still doing the same job decades after we started it. But if you go to Southern Europe, for example, you'll find waiters who've done that job all their lives very, very proudly. They'll do it until they drop or until they they're able to retire. And there's no shame in it at all. Yeah. So that's a cultural hurdle that perhaps we've now found a reason to try to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. Christopher, from a Canada perspective in terms of the hospitality industry as a whole, what's its perception as a career and a, and a place to, to go work? It's an institution and you see it on the golf courses, you see it in the hotels, you see it in the restaurants. They have the Canadian Hospitality Guild and uh, it combines the hotels, the restaurants, and other various uh, attractions in the industry. And looking at the hotels, yes, you do have your senior members of staff who've been there many years, but people look up to those people and um, learn, grow, and get kind of uh, visionary moments and learn from the leaders and um, inspirational guides. Yeah, sure. And is it um, from a, a, a an external perspective, is it a, an industry that is seen as credible as somewhere, like if, you, if, if you're trying to inspire your kids as to what they want to, to go and do, is hospitality seen as a, as a, a good career in Canada? Or is it like, for example, in the UK, we're working hard at the moment to try and raise positive perceptions of this industry. Whereas I think certainly my experience of this is that a lot of the stuff that gets out about hospitality into the the news networks is just all the negative stuff. But actually there's so much positive that we, we need to become better at shouting about that. But in Canada, is it, uh, do you have the same image issue or, or is it actually seen as a really credible uh, career? It's uh it's credible, yes, Phil, and uh, it's one of the staples of the Canadian economy. And uh, you have forestry, you have hospitality, you have tourism, you have um, mining, and hospitality kind of goes right across the board with whatever you do. You need to be hospitable in any career. But in the hospitality tourism industry, it is a true staple uh, in Canada. 
Well, that's that's good to hear because actually it got me to thinking then around uh, another question. Surely if we are inviting people to come and work in this industry and they're seeing through the negativity that goes out into the wider world about it, surely these people are arriving with a good attitude already uh, and we should nurture that um, as, as much as we can. But anyway, that's probably a subject for uh, a different time. Um I'm going to move on to your own individual experience now. Have you ever had or has there ever been a situation where your mindset and attitude have helped you through a situation where you didn't have the experience? And Simon, I'll come back to you because I'm conscious that you've you've not had a word for a while. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> not normally something that is uh, an accusation that's leveled at me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, actually. I, I think working in in human resources and and having come into human resources sort of by accident uh, certainly not by design at all there have been moments where you're faced with situations where you haven't experienced this before you know and 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 uh, the thing about people is that they're people and they're all different and and i think that Yes, I would say that the, the mindset, the attitude that, that, that gets me through is always coming back to what is right and what is fair uh, and not allowing yourself to be guided by emotion, by which I mean not making emotional decisions, whereas you have to have empathy and, and compassion. In fact, I think they're the most important things to have. Uh, in many ways, in, in, in any management role. But yeah, there have been moments where you sort of sit there and think, I have absolutely no idea what to do here. And one of the things I think I learned as well, quite early on working in HR, is there's no shame in just going online and looking something up. What does the law say? You know, what, what, what uh, is, is there case law about something? Um, you know, what have others done in the past? And, and again, back to the hive mind, um, drawing on the experience of, of others, but making decisions that, 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 that are morally right. Yeah, I, well, I think that's, that's a really valid point, actually, because I think, uh, uh, I suppose it also depends on the culture that you're in and, and whether they allow you to do this. But you, know, you could find yourself in a situation whereby you're, you're given a role perhaps before you feel like you're ready for it, but of course you embrace the opportunity with open arms. But then there's this this thing that maybe comes over your your head around right. Well, I can't show them that I don't know. Yes. Like I I you know I have to I always have to have the answer. But actually, you know, the right attitude in that moment is to go. Well, of course I don't know the answer, yeah. but I'll, I'll I'll bloody well go and find out. Yeah, that's the thing, and and it's it's far better to say, you know, when I go to colleges and schools and give interview advice, it's far better to say, actually, I don't know, than to try and make something up. And there's, there's, and there's no shame in saying, oh, I don't know, actually, but I'll find out. And, there's the, and the, the important thing is the maturity to come back and say, but leave it with me, I'll find out and I'll come back to you. You know, we, we, we train yeah. that into our waiters and concierges and, and all sorts of things. When dealing with guests and they ask you a question you don't know the answer to, just say, I, actually, I've, I have no idea. But leave it with me. I will go and find out for you. Yeah. That's called growth, isn't it? Right there. Yeah. That's absolutely. how people grow. And, and you, you touched on something which, which I think is quite interesting about perhaps being given 
a role or, or, or growing into a role that perhaps you think maybe I'm not quite ready for this. And I, I think one of the things we don't talk about enough is that if you're asked to do a job you've never done before, then no one is ready for it. But it's about having yeah. the right mindset to, 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 I suppose, manage your own growth, if you like. Yeah. And asking for help when you need it. And there's no shame in that at all. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I think in the environment plays a massive part in that, as in the environment that you're working in and those the the people that are around you at that time. Because yes, you can control your own attitude towards something, but if you're getting the wrong responses all the time from your leadership or it's just not a, a, a happy place to work or it's just not the right culture for you, do these things affect your ability to to have a good response, to have the right attitude, if you're not seeing the, the, the right attitude come back to you? 100%. Trust is the most important thing. You have to trust the people that you put in, in those positions. I once worked for a company where if you called in sick, if you took a sick day, when you came back in, you would get this interrogation about where you were and what you were doing and uh, the implication being we think you're not telling the truth right and as soon therefore as that, that and that and that trust element is broken then the relationship will fall apart you know you have to again it's a bit of a cliche but hire good people and then get out of their way yeah god that needs to go on a t-shirt doesn't it doesn't that's it a that's a belter yeah Peter, what are your thoughts on, on, I suppose, the couple of points that we just raised in that in that little discussion? Well, you may be interested to know that I actually got the job of my life, which is to be chief executive of uh, Pride of Britain Hotels, by saying at the interview in front of the board repeatedly, I'm sorry, I don't know. To a lot of the questions <laughs> that they put to me, I said, no, I've got no experience in that area. No, I don't know anything about that. And I later learned that out of the very large number of people who applied, I stuck out uh, a mile because they said he, he's a clueless idiot, but at least he's honest. We can work with him. Yeah. <laughs> so that's me. that's what you need. That's yeah. the secret. They trusted me and I trusted the people who have um, worked for us over the years. And uh, the role model for me was my late father, who built up a very successful business, knowing almost nothing about how it worked. I remember him showing me around his factory when I was a small boy and pointing out the different machines and telling me what they did. And then the foreman drew me aside and said, don't listen to your father. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And I thought, wow, uh, to be successful and clueless at the same time, you know, that's really amazing. <laughs> and um, I, so my particular modus operandi has been, I'm not the expert, you're the expert in each, each person in their specific field. I will empower you. I will trust you. I will thank you. I'll make sure that you get paid on time. I'll give you a lot of praise and not try to tell you how to do your job. So I think I'm reflecting a little bit of what uh, Simon said just now, but from the position of a clueless idiot who loves to be trusted and knows that people love being trusted uh, and rewarded for their success. Yeah, it's kind of that old cliche, which actually came up in the last time that we, we chatted about this as well, which is that, that Richard Branson line, fake it till you make it kind of thing is that you know make you, it till you retire yeah <laughs> <laughs> very good yes yeah because you're 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 it's inevitable isn't it i mean that, that it, whatever you end up whatever path you end up there's always going to be situations that you're put in that are beyond your 
realm of knowledge beyond your your capability in inverted commas but you know what's the choice in that moment you either say right well i'm going to figure out how to deal with this or i'm going to let it beat me i have a, a lovely story that i remember from my childhood my father had a friend who ran a lighting business, you know, and commercial and, and residential, and, and they inst- installed lighting. Um, but his business had a very similar name to a totally separate business in a different part of the country that was a logistics business, you know, that, that had lorries and trucks and, and, and ferried things from, from A to B. And one day he got a phone call from uh, someone who had mistaken the names of the two businesses and had phoned his lighting business thinking they were phoning the logistics business and basically said listen I need to get this stuff from A to B and uh, I'll pay you X and (laughs) my father's friend just went okay (laughs) and sort of thought right I need to figure out how to do this successfully managed to to do this and hired a lorry and got stuff and moved it and and uh made a lot more money in a day doing that than he had doing lighting and 30 years later he, he retired and sold his logistics business for a, for a healthy sum oh that's brilliant <laughs> yeah and that's a, a, actually just to kind of bring it back to to hospitality it's that that's kind of the joy of hospitality i think though isn't it because we're we're all put into situations on a daily basis that we don't have the immediate answers for but the the industry teaches you that you know, okay, so I have to go and figure that out then. You know, that's that's a, a skill that comes into your life that we we probably really underplay as part of our day to day stuff, just because it's 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 what we do. That's the thing that we do. But uh, actually, if you want to, you're going to make if you're going to come into hospitality in the first place, you you you're going to have the opportunity to make quick progress. You're going to have the opportunity to be put into situations that are beyond your. Uh, recognition beyond your capability but you're also then going to be given the opportunity to go and figure out how to get around it and you can apply that into anything in the rest of your life and so I just think this industry is actually responsible for building people into wonderful problem solvers. I completely agree with you Phil. Fantastic. I need somebody to disagree at some point. (laughs) I should stop talking so much sense. That's what it is. Um, (laughs) Christopher, anything to to add on? Have you have your own experience of of when you've been, when your mindset and your attitude have helped you get through a situation where you you didn't have the the capability or experience? Absolutely. Thank you, Phil. I do want to add timing. The guests love timings. So if you say to them, I'm unable to give you that answer at the moment. Let me go find out. I will back, be back to you in five minutes. Um, so if you're in a situation and you don't know the answer, the leadership team or the, the guest, they don't want you to forget about them. And I've seen it in, the, in my career and the guest is in limbo going, well, is he coming back? Is she coming back? Uh, I need that answer. Um, So they go to a a different um, colleague and ask the same question again. Um, So timing is important. Response time is on the guests or the leadership team's mind. And yeah, um, 
be mindful and learn from your challenges. You grow stronger and uh, you're more aware of things down the road. Um, and you can answer the questions because you've you've already been through it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, which leads us on nicely. I'll just a couple of questions before I, I, I let you on your, your way. Uh, but what could leadership do within your respective businesses or your life or whatever to ensure that any of your teams have the mindset to cope with any situation that comes up? And I'll come back to you again, Simon. I touched on it before, but I think trust is key. You've yeah. got to trust your people to, to make decisions and, and allow them and give them permission to do that. And those decisions won't always be right. And it's, it's, it's how you respond as a leadership group to, to that. And it's important to, to, to praise and reward and recognize the good decisions, but not berate people when perhaps they've, they've made a decision that, that turned out to be wrong, but for the right reasons. Then it's about supporting and guiding them to, to making the right decision next time. And I think where the maturity comes in is, is learning from, from those mistakes. Because we're only human. We will, we will make mistakes. Yeah. I think if you have a leader, you know, like, for example, our own managing director here at Hotel Cafe Royal, you know, he's very good at uh, we deal with the problems arise and then we draw a line under it and we move on. And I think that if if you are managed by people that will support you through the, the difficult times and not hold grudges, then you give people permission to, you know, within frameworks of procedures and policies and so forth, just to be themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Peter, anything to add to that? A few years ago, I interviewed Philip Newman Hall when he was running Le Manoir au Cat Saison in front of an audience at the Independent Hotel show. And I said, how do you manage your team? And he said, I do it by prowling around all the time, he said, in the hope of catching people doing something right so I can thank them and <laughs> praise them for it. And I think what Simon says is right. You, know, you, you have to trust people to make decisions and back them up even if they make mistakes from time to time because if they think they're going to get a bollocking from the boss, they'll be too scared to make a decision, then they're not empowered and then they can't really grow into the job. Yeah, yeah, and that absolutely affects the, their mindset to be able to respond to things. They're, they're not then allowed to be the authentic, are they, and, and to go and make their, their errors. They're too scared to do so. Correct. Christopher, anything to, to add? Um, yes. When I worked for Android Weber at uh, the Palladium yeah, between 2000 and 2006. Just uh, drop that one in, why don't you? Yeah, very nice. yeah. <laughs> I was uh, floor supervisor uh, in the uh, various levels of the theatre and uh, my team had various challenges each night, um, especially on Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with various issues um, regarding the car any uh, delays in the show but everything went uh, successful and uh, I had a great team great I mean it just all comes back to having the right culture doesn't it really ultimately that that just allows people to thrive and uh, and become their their best version of themselves uh, as well great stuff uh, well one final question before I let you all go because I'm conscious that Simon needs to go in about two minutes with the right mindset just to kind of sum everything up is it possible to achieve results in any job? One word answer, Simon. Yes. Peter. Yes. Christopher. Absolutely yes. 
fantastic. I um, I was it would have been interesting if somebody had said no after all of that discussion, but um, but anyway, I I completely agree. I mean, I, I this uh, for me is a, a massively important part of anybody's makeup is actually your your attitude towards how you approach your work and just your general day to day life. You're not going to get everything right. You're not going to get. Uh, you're going to have moments where you you question your own capability. That is absolutely natural and part of your own growth. But you know your your attitudes and your how you respond to the things that happen to you is actually how you make progress in your life and in career. I'm going to let you go, Simon, if you if you want to go. And thank you very much because there's a question I need to ask Christopher, which we didn't get to because we we're having technical problems. But thank you very much for for your input today. And um, I look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Christopher. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, Simon. Thanks, Simon. Bye. Take care. See you. Thanks, Simon. Bye. And um, yeah, Christopher, that was uh, why did you say I'm in to the Institute of Hospitality? Uh, I've been looking for um, an organization to join within the hospitality to connects me to a network around the world. And after doing SABA, uh, the South African Butler Academy um, virtual course, I connected with so many fantastic people in the industry. And so after that, I thought, this must be something out there that I can join. And so I went online and I found the IOH and I thought, this is it. This is it for me. Fantastic. Well, you are very, very welcome. Thank you to you and to Peter and to Simon, of course, who's no longer with us. But um, I, I really appreciate your input today. And yeah, we'll look forward to catching up with you both in the future. Fantastic. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, both. Thank you very much. Take care. All right. Cheers. I'm Today's episode of I'm In was brought to you by Cater.com and the Savoy Educational Trust and Covered Mindset versus Experience with Christopher White, AIH, Simon Coulson, MIH, Peter Hancock, FIH, and hosted by Phil Street, FIH. As always, a huge shout out to the IOH's very own Sonia Cresswell, AIH, for artwork and branding, and Leon Williams, FIH, for the music. To say I'm in and feature on a future episode, contact phil.street at instituteofhospitality.org. And to find out more about the Institute of Hospitality or to join our hospitality family, please click the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and join us next time where we'll be discussing legacy. I always-